all the goth DJs and Twitch witches are hanging out on Thursday for the bad VHS rips, unblinking eyes, and fire by night. Thetans and Satans comes from an interest in the cult of Scientology, moral panics, Satanism, and how they set the tone for the extremist social media panics of today. We really earn our weird left Twitch badge with this show, watching the world go red light in reverse every Thursday at 9 p.m. Pacific on twitch.tv slash Media. Find our full schedule at ecoplexmedia.com. Police officers, they've gone insane. I don't hate the cops. And there's a person inside when the truncheon starts. I don't hate the cops. Oh, when the raiders come, who will protect the shops? Don't hate the cops. They're a sensitive bunch. If you don't stop throwing your rocks, snap, crack, or pop. It's the sound of a taser. Your body drops. Don't hate the cops. Don't hate the cops, don't hate the cops Don't hate the cops Thank your local police Cause they don't do nothing wrong Thank your local police Got rid of the corruption and the racism is gone They've been keeping the peace Keeping homeless folks out of the parks and malls Got a cure for your social disease Follow the law, don't hate the cops 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 Put your hands above your head And show you're not a friend I'm the fairest judge that your skin color's gone again And if you Everybody, welcome to the Plex, where sometimes we accidentally play the wrong song first. Uh, we do the show live every Sunday, 7 p.m. Pacific, right here on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Media. A lot of ways to support this project. Just head on over to echoplexmedia.com, click the support tab, and you can find the way that works best for you, if any. And uh, with that, here's a song that I can only assume is about Twitch streamers. Thank you. 
something that's pretty crazy and i have no idea like where it belongs on our story list and so i put it first and this is one of those times i don't know what to say about this only watch the first 10 or 15 seconds of it it's uh it's wild we're being taxed into fucking poverty and you fucking support it and you say oh it's okay joe's doing a good job joe's doing a good job his son's fucking doing drugs we got it on fucking video fucking proof we got wait 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 wait. this guy it seems like he might have done some drugs i'm just gonna guess that this is a person who has consumed imbibed uh drugs in his life which is fine i am uh for the decriminalization of drugs so fucking supporting goddamn riots burning fucking cities down the funding fucking cops everything else you want to fucking sit there and support it. You want to fucking ban me for telling me. For no, me, I don't want to ban you. Telling you. You're fucking wrong. You want to sit here and you want to fucking support this shit. Support this shit. Ban me on social media. Ban other people that think the same fucking thing on social media. We are American. Free he fucking seems not banned. Fighting for our rights and our freedom of fucking speech. Our freedom fucking period. And you fuckers want to sit there. I mean, I'm not, you know, the language police, but this dude a bit sweary. 
and get us banned and fight against us and treat us like shit when we're fighting for your fucking lives. You motherfuckers can <laughs> fuck off. I don't care if I get fucking banned or not. I'm sick of this bullshit across the... I don't think anybody's going to ban this guy from any social media. This is entertaining. Fucking bored. Our constitution, our forefathers fought for our fucking freedoms, fought for our freedoms of speech, fought for our freedoms of fucking rights. <laughs> Fought for our freedom of expression. Fought and wrote the cause. This guy like needs a nap and a sandwich. Like, against desperately. the dictatorial fucking government. And you fucking people want to sit here and keep supporting them. I'm fucking sick of it. You can ban me if I want to. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, we, we've been ban over that part. Me. Go ahead. Ban me. You won't stop me. This is fucking online. I'm out in the fucking real world. I will not stop until our freedom is defended. And I will not fucking stop until we are free. Until we are fucking proven right. I will not fucking stop you okay. can send who you fucking want send who you can fucking ban what you want i'm <laughs> sick of your fucking shit you're mm -hmm. an american fucking act like it i'm tired of fucking having to get banned for defending our <laughs> rights i'm tired of being banned for defending our freedom of speech i'm tired of being banned for defending our right to stand against this crooked motherfucker and this stupid fucking family that motherfucker snorts coke he smokes fucking crack he spends time with fucking prostitutes sounds pretty based i mean i don't i don't do hard drugs anymore but it sounds pretty Even based underage prostitutes and you fucking know it no he there's I'm no, sick no evidence of fucking of defending myself against you motherfuckers and i'm telling you what you want to keep <laughs> fucking banning people go ahead you can do it online and you can do it from your grandma's fucking basement all but i'll guarantee you 50 50 this guy's in like his parents garage right i will fucking guarantee you as real as god fucking exists you try to come to me in the fucking streets and tell me i'm fucking wrong i fucking challenge you what what's i mean you, you he, he i thought he was for free speech and now he's like well don't don't come up to me and disagree with me in real life I you're, you're either for free speech or you're not any one of your fucking groups that want to come up to me and tell me i'm fucking wrong i fucking challenge any i'd actually avoid this you guy fuckers you fucking bring it and whoever's fucking watching my stupid ass tiktok and fucking banning me and censor it just keeps going fucking challenge you when the shit hits the fucking fan motherfuckers when the shit hits the fucking fan i will be on the opposite side of the fan and you you fucking will be covered in shit <laughs> i guarantee it our forefathers are rolling in their fucking graves right now listening to the fucking bullshit you fucking spew i'm fucking sick of it you will not roll up on my land. You will not roll up on me. And you this guy's probably in a homeowners association. You will not enforce your fucking bullshit laws on me. You will not enforce your bullshit dictatorial bullshit on me. Okay. I will not fucking take it. Our forefathers stood with fucking muskets against a whole country. A whole fucking country. They wanted to take our freedom, and they too. did not take shit, and they fucking won. What do you think will oh, a history lesson when you idiots try to step against us? This is America. We are free. We gave away billions of fucking dollars under this stupid motherfucker Biden. We will not give any more. 
We did not defend our fucking veterans sitting out in the streets, hungry, starving, without fucking housing. But you let illegal. So he's a housing advocate. Fucking border and gave them fucking everything. I will not go quietly. I will not offer quarter. I will not offer offer peace. I will not offer fucking surrender. You will get what the fucking program this country is written under, or you will fucking perish. Is this guy like this? I feel like this guy was uh, missing from our coverage of the Shasta Board of County uh, Board of Supervisors last night. I feel like he would have been he would have been a real hit uh, given a speech there. I don't know who these people are talking to when they when they do this, where they like point their phone at their face and just like yell into their phone. I'm just I have no idea who they're talking to. Like, is he talking to me? I think he might be talking to me, but I mean, I I can't really help him. I'm not trying to get him banned from TikTok. I just, I just don't understand. A lot of times I just don't understand this stuff. But like I said, I didn't really know where to put that. So I had to put it first because <laughs> I mean, you know, sometimes you need something kind of sticky at the beginning of your podcast, maybe for people to fucking stay tuned in. Anyway, now we're moving on to the part of the docket, unfortunately, that's about the indictments. So here is, this is a, this is, Alina Haba uh, reacting to uh, the not guilty pleas and just talking about like how inconvenient the court dates are. Cause you know, uh, if anybody here has ever had to go to court or anybody know, know anybody had court proceedings, the first thing the courts do is make sure that everything's just real convenient for you. <laughs> Welcome back to this special edition of Hannity. Earlier today, former president Donald Trump waived his right to an in-person arraignment and pled not guilty to the charges in Georgia. That means okay. Trump has now officially pled not guilty to all 91 alleged crimes in all four jurisdictions. Here now with reaction is Trump legal spokeswoman Alina Hava. Alina, thanks for being here. I feel like we're going to have update after update after update after update because this is what they've done. This is what they've set into motion. Give us an update on what this means as it pertains to the case down in Atlanta and what the Trump legal strategy is. I think uh, it's not surprising that he pled today not guilty. Obviously, so what is a legal spokesperson? That's not his attorney. What is a legal spokesperson? Is it just like a, like a spokesperson? Right, to go in for an arraignment in person because why give them more of a media frenzy? We don't need that. So, um, you know, from here we actually get to litigate the case, which as an attorney I look forward to. I know our legal team does as well to getting to take our own uh, turn at looking at all of the information and our own turn to put our our side out, which is something that everybody needs to remember it has not happened as of yet. Four indictments are simply that, an indictment, which is just one-sided BS, for lack of a better word, on uh, their political scheme to interfere with the leading candidate for president. So, Lena, this is all ridiculous. It's all a circus. It's all meant to interfere inside the timeline and the election process. That, that's a given. So these questions sort of come with, with that, uh, that sense of how it's. But if you're planning for Georgia, um, the, the D.C. Uh, uh, timeline was just set for March 4th, as you know, the day before Super Tuesday, uh, much sooner than your team had anticipated. What do you anticipate for a timeline down in Atlanta? Like, how quickly are they going like to push this? Like I said, most people, you know, when people are accused that? of crimes, uh, what the court does is like, well, we got to make sure this is convenient for the person accused of the crime. No, I'm just kidding. That's what doesn't happen. 
let's be clear, the Jack Smiths and the Fannie Willis's and the D.A. Braggs and the Letitia James, if they could have it their way, they would have all trials the same week. Uh, what, it's unrealistic. It's ridiculous. And it's obvious. So what I think is happening is the judges are going to have to fight it amongst themselves. You cannot have one defendant on multiple cases. But if you do look at the timeline, like you mentioned, every single event, every single event from the indictment to the rush grand jury years after the events took place, when they didn't need to rush it, they could have had it two years ago. Every single thing says very clearly, Joe Biden doesn't know what he's doing in office, so let's distract America so that all we talk about is President Trump and these hoaxes. And that's really all they are. So what are they, we're gonna obviously argue that it's impossible for one person to be in four different places. We're going to argue that this is election interference. <laughs> and then we're going to take a look at each individual person and say, you ran for office based on the fact that you said you were going to get Trump. And so did you. And so did you. And now we need our Constitution and due process to step in and do its part. And if we don't have fair judges, unfortunately, we're not going to get that. So we have a great team. I love our legal team right now. I feel strong. The president feels strong. And we're going to take each one head on. It is amazing uh, when you look at the Hunter Biden problem, indictment. Hunter Biden problem, add charges Wait, to what? indictment. Hunter Biden problem, indictment again. Uh, when do we set the trial date? Uh, Iowa caucuses. How about we do it the day before Super Tuesday? I've never seen anything like it. Of course, it's totally unprecedented. And the way you put it together, um, it is election interference. And uh, keep us updated on what you're seeing. Appreciate your time. Alina Haba. So like when when regular people get charged with like multiple crimes, they just sometimes their court dates are like really close to each other if they're in like different jurisdictions. And it is kind of fucked up. Like like for people who don't have a lot of resources, a lot of money, they don't have like uh, the ability that, that this guy does to sort of get it out there in the media and stuff too. Like it's real hard. Like if you're if you're accused of you know, maybe even just a couple petty crimes or whatever, and one of them's in one county and another's in another, and the court, your you know arraignment or your court dates are two days apart or whatever, yeah, it's kind of a pain in the ass. Unfortunately, like defendants have to deal with that shit all the time. It's not like it's not like this has never happened to anyone else. This is happening to somebody probably right now. You've just never heard of them. Here we go. Here's a, this Alina Alina Haba is sure making the rounds. Here she is on the Greg Kelly show. I think it's on Newsmax, but I'm not sure. Here we go. City, their town. And they're saying this is a woman who isn't getting crime off the streets. Letitia James, D.A. Brad, New York. Crime is rampant. We've got our borders open. And what do we see? Them persecuting a man who created jobs in Manhattan, who was a self-made person, who wasn't bought by any political party or any any political uh, avenue or or frankly anything because he's his own man and that's why they're coming at him they don't really have any other venue to do it so now we're seeing what i call political lawfare we've heard it a lot in the past month but that is what this is it's not warfare it's using the law in an inappropriate manner to further political gain because they cannot beat him and I remember, I'm, I'm old enough to remember that when the 9-11 terror attacks happened, Trump raced down to ground zero. He used his right. own money to help pay for recovery efforts. He was a hero. He was a hero to America, yeah. to New York, until he came down that escalator in 2015 and decided to run for president as a Republican. All of a sudden, now he's become persona non grata. That's right. That's right. And he will be a hero again. And that's the truth. Because what... I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen here. You know, anybody who thinks they know what's going to happen is like lying to you. But I just this <clears throat> this idea that like 
that like when people are charged with multiple crimes in multiple jurisdictions that it is a uh, made convenient or easy for them is just a lie um it just is it's not ne- it's not generally made convenient sometimes yeah you can you know your 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 legal team can be like hey you know we have another matter can we push this back a couple weeks so that we can make sure that we're prepared for all these things and a lot of times yeah maybe the the, the court will let you do that and i don't i don't see i don't see the court not allowing that in this case but again we'll see we'll have to we'll have to see what's going on um <clears throat> up next someone who is not going to win the primary it is a chris chris christie he uh is responding to uh probably calls for him to drop out because he's polling really low um and he's gonna suggest that uh just maybe everybody else should drop out so that chris christie chris christie can win speaking of the 2024 race and trump he wrote today that you all caps should drop out of the race he is going nowhere and is very bad for the republican party what's your response to that he only wishes i was going away and it's great, you know, for me, Caitlin, to live rent free in Donald Trump's head. Obviously, he was watching the interview as I was doing it. I was laying out the truth about him. And that's one thing he cannot stand is when someone who's credible, someone who's Christie's not credible prosecutor for seven years, running the fifth largest office in the country, who was 130 and oh, in political corruption prosecutions when I was U.S. attorney. He knows I'm not just some politician talking about his problems. I'm someone who has done it and done it well. And I know how deep his problems are and how much they're damaging both the Republican Party and the country. And I'm not getting out of this race. And maybe he should think about getting out of the race since he'll be spending most of March and half of April in a courtroom in Washington, D.C., not fighting the fight against Joe Biden like I'll be doing every day. Watching these two trade barbs is kind of funny. Yeah, this guy's not going to win. Um, <clears throat> you should like, I don't know why he's not just like taking that lobbyist money. Not that being a lobbyist is good or whatever. And that revolving door is like bad, like where you get a political office and then you just go uh, lobby some of the people that you're already familiar with and use your influence. But I don't know why he's not doing that. He's not going to win. I think he's probably polling under 10%. And uh, I don't think he'll, I don't think he'll even, even if through some fucking, some crazy turn of events, uh, Donald Trump drops out. I still don't think Chris Christie's going to be above 10%. I think if, if Trump were to drop out, I think it's DeSantis runs away with it. But anyway, we'll see. So here's a, this guy, Ryan Goodman, he was on, um, he was on CNN talking about the, uh, Mark Meadows testimony and all this. Uh, we got two two clips here. They pin him down in it because he, Meadows, had emailed about the need for someone to coordinate the people who were the fake electors and asked about that. Meadows tried to explain, quote, it was mentioned to me that there was litigation going on and that you had to have a provisional or conditional elector and that I and what I didn't want to happen was for the campaign to prevail in certain areas and then not have this. It was brought, he asked, why did you not want that to happen? Meadows says, well, because I know I would get yelled at if we had not. By whom, he's asked. And Meadows then says, by the president of the United States. How bad is that for Meadows and, and for Trump, Ryan? It's very bad. Um, I would imagine that their defense counsel are quite worried about that testimony. It's bad for 
President Trump because Meadows is directly pointing the finger at him by saying he would have yelled at me if I didn't do this. That means that President Trump is directly involved in the false electors scheme. That's the kind of evidence that prosecutors need, and it also shows the intensity of President Trump's interest in it. Not only that, but he's saying, Meadows is saying, he would have yelled at me if I didn't do it. That alone is also a violation of the Hatch Act. It's not just that President Trump was involved in the, pres in the false electors scheme, but he's getting his chief of staff to do it, and the chief of staff knows if I don't do this, he's going to yell at me. That is a Hatch Act violation, one of, the, one of the only provisions of the Hatch Act that actually do apply to the president. You're not allowed to, as president, tell an employee or intimidate an employee into engaging in political activity on behalf of a candidate. What else is that? And then the last is, for Meadows, it's, it's horrible for him. His entire argument is based on, as you've described it, that he was taking everything he was doing was within his governmental authority in the office of the chief of staff. But he is saying in his own words, the reason I did this was to preserve an option for the campaign. I didn't want to have it such that the campaign would be left without these provisional electors. That's a pure campaign trying to win the election type issue. There's nothing about the federal government's authority with respect to that particular item. And there he is saying it at the end of the day, after lunch, after they had quizzed him for the beginning of the entire day in the morning, and here he just admits it at the end that it was for purely the, the idea of trying to preserve Trump's options. Yeah. So that's weird, though, being like, oh, my boss will yell at me like when you're the chief of staff for the president. Like, that's weird. That's I don't like, I feel kind of weird about that. Like, what do you mean my boss is going to yell at me? That's a that seems like something maybe that you once you reach that level that you kind of don't care if your boss yells at you or whatever, because you're like, like you could just quit that job and go be a lobbyist. I don't understand. I, I think I think the guy's trying to save his own ass is what he's doing. Because like not like Mark Meadows is like the world's most credible person either. That's the problem with all this. It's like. I don't think any of these people are very believable. And so I don't, I think this is, this is going to be, a, this is going to be difficult. This is going to be, this is going to be one of the craziest trials ever. I think, I hope we, um, <laughs> I hope it's televised. That's all I'm saying. It'd be great. The ratings would be fantastic. Here's uh, the second clip from that interview. I, Ryan, I want to ask you about another instance we learned of, and it has to do with Cleta Mitchell and in exchange during Meadows' testimony about it, she, of course, was a non-White House lawyer who was on that Raffensperger call about trying to overturn uh, election results in Georgia. He was asked, did you have any role in bringing Ms. Mitchell then to advise the president on any campaign-related issue? He answers, I asked Ms. Mitchell to come down and volunteer early on to Georgia to volunteer when it looked like the election results were going to be close. Why did you do that? Meadows' response, because I felt like we needed a number of attorneys on both sides because it was going to be close. Is he making the prosecution's point for them? Is there any part of that that he can wiggle out of? No. <laughs> he cannot wiggle out of it. And yes, he's making the prosecution's point. That is gold for the prosecution. And also it came at the end of the day. And he has no other alternative. At this. It has been reported that this is what he did, but now it's coming out of his own mouth. He's, spe he's specifically asked, like, who brought her on? It's him. Why did you bring her on? He explains, to help the campaign balance out its lawyers in Georgia. And that's just kind of like, it's almost like game over, uh, because it does mean that 
he's acting on behalf of the campaign. It's game over. It should probably be game over for getting the case into federal court because he needs to say I was doing everything within my office. And it's also game over for the defense that he would otherwise try to mount. He's trying to say, mm -hmm. I also have sovereign immunity. What is that? Or uh, sovereign immunity. What is that? It's immunity if you are acting within your office. The actual test is if you go beyond your office in your conduct, you don't get it. So he doesn't get it. And I should add one more point to it, which is just the facts of the matter. If you look at his testimony, the entire testimony is built on this idea. Everything I did was as the chief of staff. And then it comes out under cross-examination the rest. That's not true. I do think Jack Smith will have yeah. to look at this t uh, transcript and think, are we going to think about perjury charges? Because it's that much of a convergence from what he had said and initially in what his position is. And then he has to flip later and say, OK, I acknowledge it. Anthony, do you think that's true? Yeah, I, I think he's, I think Mark Meadows Great suit, uh, Anthony. had a bad day in court. Uh, I was able to watch the. So I think they all do this though, right? I think like the chief of staff for the, the White House during the election is always doing stuff for the campaign. I, I don't think this is anything special. I think this is the chief. I don't, I couldn't imagine uh, during a reelection uh, process, a president's chief of staff not doing things for the campaign. The thing is, it is a, you're, it's a violation of, they were saying the Hatch Act. And like you're like at least fucking cover your tracks. <laughs> like I don't know. Like this guy seems like he's dumb and did nothing essentially to cover his tracks to give himself any plausible deniability here because he's dumb. Anyway, uh, uh, cocaine Don, uh, cocaine Don Jr. Mad that other people are using the Trump, uh, the photo of Trump's uh, like mugshot uh, to grift. I thought about using it to grift, but I was like, eh, I don't want to. Put, put out a shirt with a mug shot on it. Get and just dedicated to there. I don't feel right about profiting from it. I get other people have made very good living doing the MAGA merch, even if none of the money actually goes towards the campaign or the cause. It you know, think of it. Maybe it's a marketing expense. I can't do that. Uh, I wouldn't feel right doing it. I'd probably actually get killed in the press doing it. Thinking about that now, uh, but. It's important to have it done. So if you guys go to shopdonjr.com, I'll put the link up on the bottom. You guys can see it here. Uh, check out all the merch. I'm going to take all of the profits from that. I'm going to give it to the Legal Defense Fund to push back against some of the insanity, the miscarriage of justice uh, here. I'll, I'll let you guys know uh, how much we end up making. I did that Thursday night. I figured, again, everyone else is going to be doing it. Many people will get rich. Most are not doing anything with it other than uh, probably lining their own pockets and, you know, that's the nature of capitalism. But uh, I figured if you're going to buy it, this is a good place to do it. And I'm going to put that money uh, towards the call. So he is selling. Uh, so the, at least you can the, feel good about that yourselves uh, as well if you want it. But so he is doing of course, it. OK, so he's like, I'm not going to do it, but uh, actually I am. And here's where you can buy it. <laughs> All right. Whatever, dude. So uh, this past Monday, we haven't done a Mark Levin clip in a while, because honestly, fucking Mark Levin's usually pretty boring. Usually just kind of bog standard sort of uh, Republican talking points. And eh, it's other, other, other people talk about that stuff a lot and we try to stay away from it. But this past Monday, I haven't seen this clip yet, but uh, other people are saying that Mark Levin took Meltdown Monday to a whole other level on this one. Just a whole other fucking level. Here's the crap indictment that all the legal analysts says this is where the problem is right here. Not if we're a republic with a true rule of law. That's crap. Then we have, here's another one. Here we have the January 6th case. And I've told you before, what did he do, Mr. Smith? 1871 Klan Act. What?
the Enron Act. The guy loves the Enron Act on obstruction and a financial fraud statute. Look right here. Oh, my God. Crap. Mr. Smith goes to Washington and Mr. Smith blows up the place. You know what this is? A hundred pages of bull. I could take one section out of here. Let me ask you a question. Are you allowed to challenge a campaign and open and count its legitimacy? According to her, no. So put RICO aside and every other charge aside. She just charged somebody with a felony under state law for exercising their federal First Amendment free speech right. That's part of this. Ancient Rome believed in attorney-client privilege. Modern-day America does not. Can you name one targeted victim during the Stalin regime who was indicted in four different jurisdictions? Can you name one? Who was facing 91? Well, to be fair, like uh, during under Stalin, they didn't do, he wasn't really big on uh, due process. He, he just he got whacked. Charges? Can you name one who was facing almost a thousand years in prison? No. <laughs> this is worse. Thousands of subpoenas. His kids were, were all brought in. Hundreds and hundreds of witnesses and so forth. They had nothing. Aaron wasn't brought all in, right? intended to sabotage his presidency. That's a police state. He's charged with crimes relating to election activity. He's charged with crimes relating to documents. He's char charged with crimes relating to non-disclosure agreements. He's charged with crimes relating to campaign activity in one state. Ladies and gentlemen, why go through the motions of justice? Just hang the guy. Whoa, that's crazy. Um Dude, that's not like even his brother or his favorite cousin or his uncle or anything. It's just some politician, man. Fucking get a hold of yourself. Like, I don't I don't care if they fucking throw some politician in jail. I don't know, do you? Are you like like hung up on politicians being like, oh, what I don't want them to do is throw a senator or the former president in jail? Fuck no. I don't know. Fucking not I'm just not I'm just not sad about it. And I, sh I shouldn't be. Neither should you, because, like, because you just shouldn't. So up next is uh, Georgia, Georgia Senator uh, Brandon Beach. He says, uh, he says that there nothing was, nothing was done wrong here because um, Trump just asked the dude to find some votes. Now, I think this one's, this one's, I think this one's a little bit, it's going to be a little bit hard to get people to uh, like on board with the prosecution on, but um, you know, it's kind of. I think it was pretty clear what he was asking. So let's let's see what this guy has to say. Oh, he's a Georgia state senator, not the uh, not the U.S. senator from the state of Georgia. This is just just to clear that up here. And you know, I want to say this: there was no quid pro quo when President Trump asked Brad Raffensperger to go and find eleven thousand seven hundred eighty votes. He didn't say. Go find 11,000 votes and I will appoint you to something or give you a membership to one of my clubs. All he said is there was chaos. There was uh, a lot of problems with. So it's it's only a criminal conspiracy if you offer someone a membership to your golf club. The drop boxes and the chain of custody. Go back and do audits and see if you can find votes. We think there was some fraud. And I do think that's going to be proven in this Fonnie Willis case. I think they're going to prove that there was fraud. Uh, and on the electors, by the Constitution, we had every right to have those electors 
Uh, and if we didn't win the lawsuit, there was a pending lawsuit. And if we didn't win the lawsuit, then those electors were moot. Uh, and so we had every right per the Constitution to do that. And uh, we better start fighting uh, or we're going to lose. Uh, we'll be in the minority if we don't fight uh, as, as Republicans. Um, you always get the most, the least votes. You get less votes than, than the Democrats in almost every election. It is, a, it is not a majority party. Uh, to be fair, though, sometimes the Democrats don't get the majority of the votes either because there are small, uh, like, uh, non, you know, non-duopoly parties. And sometimes, you know, it's sometimes the Democrats get like 49% of the votes or 49.5% of the votes. Republicans get like 47 or 46 or something. So, but you're, you're not the majority party. Anyway, here's, here's John Eastman. I'm not sure he should uh, be taking this interview because my understanding is that uh, he's not doing himself any favors here by talking to the press. A lot of these people need to go about the business of shutting the fuck up. And it seems like they don't have good lawyers. If You're accused of a crime. Go about the business of shutting the fuck up. Let your lawyer talk for you or don't even talk to the press at all because like, you might say something you think is innocuous and you end up incriminating yourself. John, and, and just again, so, to be clarify this, on January 6th, what did you want to happen? And how was that historically grounded? And the history of our well, country, how would that have taken place? So just so the viewers can understand what would have unfolded and how that would have ultimately been constitutional. So there were, you know, uh, several things. Some people had urged that Vice President Pence simply had power to reject con uh, electors uh, whose certification was still pending in yeah, legal context. I don't believe context. that, but go ahead. I don't believe I, that. I, I, I don't <laughs> That's either. one thing and I don't I, agree with. And I, and I explicitly... Dude, even Laura Ingram's like, nah. ...explicitly told Vice President Pence in the Oval Office on January 4th that even though it was an open issue, under the circumstances we had, I thought it was the weaker argument, and it would be foolish to exercise such power even if he had it. What I recommended, and I've said this repeatedly, is that he accede to requests from more than a hundred state legislators in the swing states to give them a week to try and sort out the impact of what everybody acknowledged was illegality in the conduct of the election. election. I and I specifically said... Yeah, not everyone acknowledged well, it, but that was the argument that was being made, obviously. And there were obviously that, look at her. She's like, oh, we I'm not, we're not getting we're not get we're not going down for almost a billion again here. Regularities that everybody had seen. But whether that was, yeah, whether it rose to the level of changing the outcome of the election again, without a legal proceeding in the states that mattered, the, the argument ultimately was a difficult one to make. I mean, hence, hence, here we are. <laughs> yeah, this guy shouldn't be taking interviews. First of all, like he's not good at this. Uh, secondly, um, he is under indictment and should shut the fuck up. I don't care who you are, what you're, what you're accused of. I don't give a fuck. If you have been indicted, accused of a crime, what you need to do is go about the business of shutting the fuck up. It is the best thing you could possibly do. I do not like John Eastman, but his attorneys should advise him to shut up. It's just any like i don't like who are these people's defense attorneys like i don't understand like you will never ever meet a defense attorney that's like boy i, I really wish uh when my client was uh, accused of this crime i really wish that they would have spoken to the press and the police you know, def no defense attorney will ever say that anyway we're uh 
just about out of this part of the show here, but this is this is pretty funny. This lady behind um, this lady behind Peter Navarro here gives no fucks. Watch this. <laughs> this is great. Situational. Yes. Okay. Why? All right. Yeah, right. So here's the problem here. It's like, hey, where's the CNN? CNN here? <laughs> is CNN here? Anybody want to own up to that? Own. Here's the problem. Hero. Who's this? Come on. Bro, Come on. you're already Come facing on. charges. Yeah, I get Go it. Go ahead and commit so, a crime. So, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> did you catch that? Yes, okay. Why? It's like, bro, you're already facing charges. Don't, don't, don't get another one. Because, I mean, it's just a sign, but uh, technically, you, if somebody's holding a sign in public, you can't steal their sign. And she's like, bro, bro, what are you doing? She was completely unflappable, unfazed by him. She was just cool as a cucumber. <laughs> so here's Vivek Ramaswamy um, talking about uh, how he would handle um, Ukraine if he was the president. Again, I think this guy is polling under 10% and uh, has no chance. I think he's probably running for president of the intellectual dark web, so far as I can tell. Um, but here's, here's what he has to say. Will you handle the Ukraine? Yes. How will I handle Ukraine? We will end the war. We will do it without apology. I will do a deal with Vladimir Putin that advances American interests. Let's be honest. To do a good deal, everybody has to get something out of the deal. I've built my entire career. I've built multi-billion dollar businesses. That's just a Defrauding people. You can't get a lasting deal done unless somebody gets something out of the deal. Here's what Putin gets, and I'm very honest about this. We will freeze the current lines of control. Yes, that means he gets some of the Donbass region. We will further commit that NATO will never admit Ukraine to NATO. Those are things that even the, in most the U.S. doesn't have the power to do that unilaterally. But go, go off. Party, you're not supposed to say out loud. But I will require something else in return. Putin has to exit his military partnership with China. The China-Russian military alliance is the actual biggest threat that we face militarily. What? And yet we're pushing Russia further into China's arms by arming Ukraine. This yeah, is that's not going to happen. Ukraine while also deterring China from going after Taiwan. Because China's bet is that the U.S. won't want to take on two allied nuclear superpowers at the same time. But if Russia's not in China's camp... What the fuck? What a... What a no, that, would, like, that wouldn't happen. Russia and China have been uh, <clears throat> allies. They've had, uh, I believe, as somebody in chat was saying, like a defensive a defensive uh, a pact since, I believe, since like right after World War II. It's like a pretty old, pretty old alliance that goes back to the days of the Soviet Union. And it's been that way for a very long time. And I don't think that that's, that's a, that's an, that's, that's not an ask that you're going to, you would get. We'd be like, oh, what we need you to do is, uh, you know, your uh, most powerful ally. Yeah. You need to not really be allied with them anymore. Like no matter what you think about all this, the, the, like, Nobody's going to do that, right? Like, that's like somebody, like, having a negotiation with, I don't know, fucking the United Kingdom and being like, all right, well, we'll give you most of what you want, but you got to not be a, a lot allied with the US, USA anymore. They'd be like, no. They'd be like, and first, like, how do you even enforce that? What do they, what do they just say? What do they say? Okay, well, we'll, we'll get out of that. Then what? And then they go, they go, he goes and talks to Xi Jinping and goes, this idiot thinks that I'm just uh, stopping my uh, our defensive pact. He's like, uh, you know, I just told him yes because that guy's an idiot. <laughs> Up next, here's a. Uh, this is great. This guy went on to the Sean Hannity show and uh, lied to Sean Hannity. And uh, here's uh, Sean Hannity calling him on it, which is weird. 
but also uh trump or uh fox is not in the in the tank for this guy right they they know he's gonna lose so there, there's nothing sean hannity like risks nothing by uh, contradicting this guy and by contradicting him i mean he said well you'll see here go over some of the issues though you know, you said aid to Israel, our number one ally, only democracy in the region should end in 2028 uh, and that they should be integrated That's with false. their neighbors. I have an exact quote. You want me to read it? That's actually. Yeah, you, I, I can tell you the exact quote. What I said is it would be a mark of success if we ever got to a point in our relationship with Israel, if Israel never needed the United States as aid. And Sean, you know how politics is played. A lot of the other professional politicians who have been threatened by my rise have used that statement to say that I would cut off aid to Israel. That's not correct. I've been. Uh, I wanted to hear the quote because <laughs> this dude's a liar. This dude's a liar and a fraud. This guy's companies, he like fucked over all of his investors and shit. Like, I ain't, you know, I ain't crying for his investors, but, you know, <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yo, I mean, I am uh, critical of uh, the nation state of Israel, the Likud party, the home party, et cetera, et cetera. But it's political suicide for anybody in either party who's running for president to just be like, oh, by 2028, we should stop military aid. Uh, political suicide. This guy, this guy, I don't, I don't even think he's really running for president. I think he just is trying to raise his own profile. And here's that weirdo Clay Clark who does that uh, Reawaken America tour that we watch sometimes on Conspiracy Bingo. Here's him talking about Vivek Ramaswamy. And uh, his criticisms are probably quite different than mine. Maybe it's not meant to make sense. Maybe we're just supposed to hear this guy, you know, sounds like Trump and he's, you know, uh, a billionaire. Maybe that's what we're supposed to know. That's maybe, okay, so moving on to our next fact. He uh, established Roybent Sciences in 2014. Now, this company, tell me about this. What, what about this indicates he's a genius? He lost $433 million in 2020. He lost $698 million in 2021. He lost a whopping $1.12 billion in 2022 and according to bloomberg which isn't a conservative website they're predicting he's going to lose bloomberg it tends to be center right 0.03 billion dollars this year how is it possible that this man has lost three billion dollars of money yet deposited 950 million dollars of profits into his own bank account after taking the company public how does that work um because that's how this works for a long time, uh, Amazon wasn't profitable, right? And Jeff, but Jeff Bezos was rich as fuck the whole time that Amazon wasn't profitable. It doesn't make sense. It's like fucking counterintuitive. But I mean, he just collects his salary and bonuses based on whatever metrics the board of directors and the investors allow him to uh, collect his salary and bonuses based on. It's fucked up. But again, I mean, he's just losing investor money. Um, anyway, don't worry. Uh, Glenn Beck in uh, will be running in 2028, and he will. Uh, I don't know, fucking save us all, something like that. A story I've never shared before. Mike Lee, and I think it started as a joke. Uh, Mike Lee used to say uh, to me all the time, you should run for president. And I'm like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> and uh, he called me one day about a year ago. And he, I was, we were just chatting. My wife finally came in. She's like, what are you two talking about? Wrap it up. And I said, he's trying to convince me to run for president. Hmm. And, and I'm, I'm like, Mike, that's the dumbest thing. I have no, this is where it ended. 
I said, I have no chance of winning. And he laughed and he said, oh, of course not. I'm not saying you should run for president because I think you could win. Mm -hmm. Somebody needs to articulate mm -hmm. where we are mm -hmm. and what we face and who we have always been and need to remember who we are. Uh, he said, we, we need a storyteller. Okay, well, that's a dumb reason to run for office, but I do think people do it. And I think in uh, 2016, I think <clears throat> Sanders was mostly running like as an issue candidate to try to bring like a, a public option or a, a single payer health care into the conversation. Um, and I don't, you know, and it turned out that he, he was found out he had a chance probably six months too late. But um, yeah, Glenn Beck, I don't think I think Glenn Beck, if he was running right now, he'd be polling about as high as Chris Christie. Right. Like he's right. People don't like him. He's like, not a very likable guy. And he wants to get his ideas out there he's got his whole fucking uh, blaze network to do it it's you know it's not like it's not like he doesn't have the ear of anyone so a friend of peter teal's blake masters who uh, lost his run for senate last time around uh is going to run for senate again and has a real cringy ad Hopefully you can hear how quiet that is. Whisper quiet. It's pretty cool. Made in Germany. What's he doing? Just a little bit warm. Oop, very hot. That's definitely a fun and quiet gun. The weirdest thing is just being able to sort of feel, because there's no sound, right? You just feel the bullet, hear it. Yeah, I think this is an actually a cringy ad from his last run. But yeah, he's uh, Peter Thiel's gonna he's running again because Peter Thiel says so. You know that guy reminds me of now that I think about it. If anybody's like a regular viewer of <clears throat> like the late night on this show, you know that guy is trying to live forever by like injecting his son's blood. Blake Masters gives me that guy vibes. I forget that guy's name now, but he sort of yeah, he sort of reminds me of that guy a little bit. He looks a little like him. But like more like the vibe. It's not so much just how he looks. It's that vibe. What's that? Brian Johnson is the guy's name. Anyway, it looks like uh, Marjorie the Gathering uh, has um, accidentally uh, created an ad, uh, a campaign ad for uh, <laughs> the current president, Joe Biden. Breaking news, Republican Marjorie Taylor Greene has donated Joe Biden a campaign advertisement out of the kindness of her heart that he approves. Let's take a look. Joe Biden has the largest public investment in social infrastructure and environmental programs that is actually finishing what FDR started, that LBJ expanded on, and Joe Biden is attempting to complete. 
programs to address education, medical care, urban problems, rural poverty, transportation, Medicare, Medicaid, labor unions. And he still is working on it. <laughs> you fucking idiot. Taylor Green has donated Joe Biden. You idiot. God, why would she? Ha why didn't? Whatever. That's pretty funny. Although it's only funny because like it's only funny because it's just taken out of context or whatever. But that's that's a pretty, pretty good ad by the Biden Harris campaign. They're just taking what Marjorie the Gathering says. Now, here's one Mr. Bernie Sanders not running this time. Probably never going to run again. He's probably going to retire pretty soon. Actually, he's getting a little bit old and that's fine. I bet he's not going to be a lobbyist when he retires. Right. But he's got some uh, some advice for the Democratic Party, which I, I think is probably actually pretty good advice. I look, what I'm going to be talking about today is that we have got to have the guts as a country to face straightforwardly the enormous crises that exist. You know, we can put them under the rug and ignore them in which case we're not going to have much of a country. If Democrats are serious about winning elections and addressing the major crises that we face, they must go further. They must embrace the working class of this country in a way which hasn't been done in almost 60 years. Frankly, it is absolutely absurd that given the anti-worker ideology and policies of the Republican Party, that that party now has more working class support than Democrats. It should be deeply worrying that according to recent polls, Democrats are losing more and more support within the Latino community and even among African-American men. That has got to change, not just for the well-being of the Democratic Party, but for the future of our country. With all of the new technologies that are being developed, do you know what? We are in a unique position in world history to end austerity economics and create a decent society for all people. Mm. Technology is not a bad thing. It is bad if machines throw working people out on the street. It is not bad if we reduce the work week to 32 hours. The Democrats, once and for all, must reject the corporate wing of the party and empower those who are prepared to create a grassroots, multiracial, multigenerational, working class party in every state of the country. Yeah, but so that's, you know, that's generally been what I have th thought too. The problem is it's like they have to jump, right? They have to be willing to jump. They have to be willing to just do it, right? You can't sort of, can't sort of phase that in because if you start trying to phase that in, what's going to happen is you're going to piss off, they're going to piss off donors and then they're not going to, they're not going to have the ability to like replace that if they go halfway, if they go all in on it. Yeah. I think that they'd be able to get a lot of small donations like what Bernie Sanders did in his campaigns, but they have to just fucking do it. <clears throat> and they're scared. Um, P 
people in power are scared. They don't want to lose their power. And that's not great. You know, they don't want to lose their access to uh, millionaires and billionaires. They don't, they don't want to lose any of that because they're, they're comfortable because they're sitting in power and they don't want to lose the ability to, if they do lose their election, go work for those people, go work for those people who are funding all of this. So unless the entire party is willing to like jump, then that's not going to happen because you can't do that piecemeal. If you try to do a it piecemeal, it's a disaster. So up next, we got this thing that's a near and dear to my heart. The uh, I forget which government agency suggested uh, a reduction in the amount of drinks to like two drinks a week. Um, it's a suggestion, obviously, but you got, you got people out there fear-mongering about it, lying about it, saying that they're going to try to limit you to two beers a week. And here's a Ted Cruz, who I think probably just shouldn't be allowed to drink alcohol or go to uh, drinking holes, establishments, anywhere that they serve alcohol or just like anywhere. And here he is going to fearmonger about this in probably in a creepy, weird and uh, unconvincing way. State has now done that for new construction. They're trying to go after and regulate ceiling fans. I got to tell you, it's hot in Texas. We don't want to get rid of our ceiling fans. And now these idiots have come out and are they trying to get rid of ceiling fans? drink two beers a week that's their guideline well i gotta tell you if they want us to drink two beers a week frankly they can kiss my ass no okay um senator i uh i brought a beer to drink with you i'll drink this non-alcoholic beer with you because i'm not allowed to drink on camera but <laughs> oh newsmax has standards and one of those is you can't drink on camera <laughs> I'll have, I'll have a sip. In well, the meantime, look, but, I, I got to say, so what, have you ever seen a brand do more damage to itself than Bud Light, which which single oh, seem to destroy themselves? So I'm glad you're not drinking a Bud Light. Personally, I'm fond of Shiner Bach, which is a good uh, tech Texas brand. I've been to the Shiner Brewery Shiner Bach in is Shiner, good, Texas, actually. and I recommend it. And I promise you, this is not alcohol free beer down here. No, and by the way, the one I have uh, right after the show won't be alcohol-free either. And it may just be a... <laughs> so that's, it's just the guidelines. They do this all the time, right? When the when guidelines for your like healthy eating and whatever come out, like people just lie about them. They're like, oh, they're trying to limit you. It's like, no, these are just guidelines. People don't obey health guidelines. There's nobody going around like trying to tell you like how many beers you can buy. It's probably bad for you to have more than two drinks a week you know i mean i have more than two drinks a week i think a lot of people that watch my show have more than two drinks a week it's probably not good for our health but the, you know the i think it might be the food and drug administration or somebody telling you this that it's bad for your health all they're doing is giving you information you can do with it as you please across the board uh, going out the idea that they might propose that americans be limited to two beers a week um you know this is the kind of petty nanny state work. interference that most Americans will find crazy. And of course, the rumors that the masks and the mandates could be coming back as well. Uh, those numbers will go up. I think you're right, Mr. Speaker. Thank you. So <clears throat> if these are just guidelines there. And it's probably like I said, it's probably better for my health if I have two drinks a week. I don't have no two drinks a week. I probably drink too much. Um, but. Like they're not going to come to my house and make me only have two drinks a week. Like they're just not going to. It would be impossible. 
And plus, like the alcohol, like the alcohol lobby is a pretty pretty powerful lobby. So the alcohol lobby is probably uh, you you wouldn't be able to uh, limit people because first of all, it'd be just bad for business, right? Like bars, clubs, entertainment, concerts, restaurants. A lot of restaurants would probably go under if they didn't serve alcohol because there's not a even at a, like a like a kind of a nice restaurant, the margin on the food ain't that high. The margin is all on the alcohol. So this is this is just dumb. This is not that this is not gonna this is not gonna happen. There's no there's no rule that's gonna happen. And nobody's people who drink are not gonna limit themselves to two beers a week. Unless they're already just somebody who maybe has a beer after work Friday and then one on Saturday afternoon. And those people are out there and those people are fine and like, I don't know, they're fucking way healthier than I am, probably. Anyway, up next we got uh we got Waters, Jesse Waters, on what would happen if Fox went off the air. These are not essential workers in the entertainment landscape. There's only two items that if you took it off TV, there'd be a revolution in this country. Football and Fox News. You can take anything else off, television, cable or broadcast, and the country stays the same. If you remove college and pro football and this channel, this country would not tolerate it. But it wouldn't like it's. If I don't think Fox News is going off the air anytime soon, like they're very profitable. Um, but if if it were to go off the air, it would be because it stopped making money, right? It stopped making money for its investors, and like that would just be the the way the cookie crumbles. I mean, there will be a day, right, where like maybe all of the networks that we watch now no longer exist, just because just because times change. And um, yeah, I don't. I don't think like if, if, if uh, Fox news became like lost money, started losing money, I don't think the investors would give two shits. Like if people would be mad about it, they, people, they invest in these businesses to make money. So here's, here's more of Jesse waters. Here's him uh, asking the tough questions about uh, remote work. I actually agree with Richard. I think that it depends on the job. It depends on the person. There are ways that you can hold people accountable if they're not producing uh, from home. But there's, I, was, I brought this up last time. Uh, I know a, a girl who's an Amazon uh, software engineer. and uh, That's a, probably a woman. She goes to the offices and it's very distracting for her because they have these open office spaces. Um, and she codes a lot more when she's in her space my, doing Katie, deep work. What about office romance? <laughs> Without returning to the office, you don't want to go there. You have no office room. That's the third rail. Stop all your head. I don't think we need families in this country. We need child. You know, I'm not going to let you get in any trouble. I say one more thing, though. Well, they're all yelling at the same time. Because Jesse doesn't need to talk. Even fucking box wine Janine Pirro was like, "Shut the fuck up." And yeah, a lot of people do meet their partners at work, and that's generally fine. But like, that's not like really an argument against remote work. <laughs> up next we got um i don't ever really run these facebook what reels up? on 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 this channel because they, they they're messy they don't they don't really play right but uh here is you know how we watch a lot of city council and board of supervisors meetings well this guy is this is actually somebody good at one of those meetings council i'm here to discuss artificial intelligence ai is going to take all of our jobs and render us useless and I, for one, am stoked. I hate jobs. I had a job <laughs> once, and everyone there talked in weird voices. AI is going to 86 all of that. But, but we'll still need money. That is why I'm asking the government to step up and make sure we're breaded. 
We are proposing a small payment plan or small PP of 10 G a month for every citizen so we can party and look hot and enjoy our free time. Now, we can't afford to just sit back and have AI bust through and not have a plan. We got to make sure people have food and houses so we can party and rage in peace. So instruct AI to pay all of us and then you dudes can retire gracefully before you get replaced and we'll see you at the beach. The bonfires will be epic. Everybody will be hot. <laughs> what up, council? Yeah, that guy, was, he has my vote. <laughs> I mean, it's obviously a joke, but there's like, there's like a real like argument there that's like you know as as these um as people are replaced with automation we don't know necessarily if it'll be like um if it'll be like other times where you know technology has actually just enabled more and different kinds of jobs for people um so that guy i like that guy's idea of like everybody just uh raging on the beach it's obviously it's obviously not realistic but um you know i mean you don't know what happens unless you try. So up next, we got um, one of my favorite genres of, of videos. This is a video that uh, basically somebody complaining about right wing watch and then right wing watch uh, taking the video of them complaining about right wing watch and, you know, putting it on right wing watch. Oh, great website you got there, Twitter. Let's try this again. <laughs> Anybody listening to the podcast version of the show? The show is live. How long are you going to put up with this, America? How long are you going to let these people and right wing watch? I know that you love clips. I hope you play every bit of this clip. I hope you spread it from shore to shore because I'm telling you that what you're doing is of the devil. And in the name of Jesus, we come against every lie you try to put out. That's like I said, one of my favorite genres of videos, even though that was real short, is just somebody complaining about right wing watch and then right wing watch being like, ah, we'll go ahead and uh, we'll go ahead and run that on our Twitter. Here's um, here's this is from Elijah's list. This is that uh, Steve Schultz guy and he's got Johnny Enlow on uh, Johnny Enlow is uh, one of those uh, QAnon people also uh, into numerology, not Gematria like that negative 48 guy, but a different form of uh, numerology. And they're going to talk about how uh, Billy Graham, not uh, from Bill Graham Presents, but Billy Graham, how Billy Graham uh, sold his soul to the devil. Yeah, Billy Graham was a 32nd degree Mason. And I mean, is that that's an absolute known fact that Billy Graham was a 32nd degree? It was one of his old books. I and, saw. And was, are you saying the 32nd would know that Satan is who you're yeah. serving? Yeah. That's, that's uh, quite a thing you're saying, but... <laughs> Johnny, you're saying Billy Graham was a 32nd degree Mason. And there's many big names right now. If I started naming them, that'll be for another program. But they are as well. And wow. by 32nd degree. Now, you may be at that point so blackmailed that your options are limited, that um, you could fear if I tell the truth, um, they will expose this about me or whatever else. But you know, do a whole study on what it takes to become a 32nd degree Mason. And it's not a minor adjustment. You have to, it, you are essentially you have to do bad things. You have to do bad things. You sold your soul to the devil in some kind of way. So a couple things, one, I don't know if I don't think Billy Graham was a Mason, but two, like the, the Masons are just like, it's just like a bunch of old men who hang out in like a weird building. 
and like it's like a fraternal organization. They don't have any power. I don't think it's satanic. I think a lot of the people in the Masons are probably Christians. I think it, this is just it's just all crazy talk. But it is funny, and I do like to run clips from Elijah's list every once in a while because that guy, that guy is out there and his guests are out there. Unfortunately, we haven't had many clips of him with Cat Kerr lately. I don't know if anybody knows about Cat Kerr. Cat Kerr thinks she goes to heaven and talks to people and then comes back and reports to us about it, which is weird. Anyway, uh, this is Marty Grisham at a Pastors for Trump event saying that uh, actually God's not in control, which is a weird thing for a Christian to say, but you know. One of the problems is people think God's in control. And even with me saying that, I can tell you, some of you are like, tilt, 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 but God is in control. Let me tell you something. My God is not in control when 50 million babies are slaughtered. I'm going to say that again. My God is not in control when the darkness has done what it's done to the little ones. My God is not in control when children... In our own school where we live, teachers sit at the table in the teacher's lounge and they're witches and they're teaching the children's <laughs> There's a witch table in the teacher's lounge? That sounds great. <laughs> teachers are like doing a witch's brew, creating the human stew. And they're bragging about it. No? So let me talk to you. Go ahead and sit back down. Why do you keep standing up? Let me tell you something about my God. My God is glorious. My God is majestic. He is full of splendor, full of majesty. He's powerful. He is a God of love. He is amazing in every way. But he's not in control. Because, well, just sit, put your little seatbelt on, sweetie. I'm going to tell you about it. He made us in control. And the reason why 50 million babies are killed and the reason why all the stuff has happened That's a is lot. the church has not done their job. But that's why you're here. So you know I'm not preaching at you, I'm preaching with you, because you are not the problem, you're the solution. That's why you're here tonight. The problem didn't wanna come. The problem are the pastors that refuse to talk about politics and putting Christians in a place to be able to move government and the laws of the land and implement the laws of God. <laughs> that's wild i yeah i think that's blasphemous to say that that um that god isn't in control i don't know i don't know pastors we're gonna go ahead and look up that pastors for trump event during red light just don't don't get it twisted that shit's probably just as wild as the clay clark events yeah i think that's um blasphemous right to to say that god is in control and also uh, he's talking about uh, 50 million abortions. I I wonder over what time frame that is because I don't. That seems like a lot if it's just every year. I don't think that's correct. <laughs> All right, everybody, don't worry about the hurricane. It has been rebuked.
We know that all nature and the warm water and the currents and the, and the weather and the science, we respect all that. But in the name of Yeshua, we thank you now. You will be still. You will not be a category three. You will not be a category one. You will not even be a category at all. In fact, you lose your name. We cancel you. We cancel you. Well, cancel culture coming for the fucking hurricane. We cancel you, Edalia, and we decree and declare that we put you push you onto a sleeper mode. We thank you, Father God, that this will downgrade to a topical tropical storm. We thank you that you will only approach the land when the tide is low. We rebuke the reports of the snow of the of the uh, sea surge and the and the storm surge that's supposed to go in and flood. We rebuke the flooding. We speak protection over the trees that the, they will be protected. So this stuff seems funny, but like if people listen to this and then don't leave when a hurricane's coming, that's terrible, terrifying. But I, 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 don't, I don't even know who these people are, so I, I don't think that a lot of people are like going to be like, well, this weird guy on youtube or whatever actually told me that like the that they've rebuked the hurricane i think most people you know most people religious or not or generally uh have a healthy fear of a fucking hurricane and are like i gotta go if that's what has been advised if they're you know near enough the coast or if it's a big enough hurricane when they're not near the coast that by the time it gets inland it's still gonna fuck their shit up so we can be thankful for that anyway we got a couple more before we go into red light uh this week we got a this guy here, uh, he got his uh, virology uh, PhD from the University of Facebook, which is where everybody should get their virology PhD. Hi, my name's Cormac, and I got my PhD in virology from the University of Facebook. It was really great being able to take the lectures from home and doing the course on demand. And after a long four days of doing my own research, I got the news that I was an expert in virology. How crazy is that? The University of Facebook has changed my life in so many ways. Previously, I've gotten my qualification as a fitness professional, and now I know the secret to health and longevity is to fast for 60 days straight, shame everyone and anyone who ever considers having sugar, and I'm on a strict diet of uh, drinking my own piss first thing in the morning. <laughs> yeah, getting the doctorate in virology was really, really tough, but thankfully the university broke the information down into digestible bite-sized memes, which weren't peer-reviewed at all, which was crucial. I now have the qualifications to go and do something that I'm really passionate about, which is sending abusive messages to family, friends, and frankly, every random stranger on the internet that I can meet. Wake up, Ma'am, it doesn't matter that you had a lung transplant, it's all bullshit. Uh, I mean, what's next? I mean, the possibilities are endless. I'm looking into their courses on international trade relations. Nah, you can't be doing that with the Taliban. I might become a brain surgeon. Yeah, you see, the brain tumor is caused by the 5G, you see. Or really, whatever's just trending that day uh, on the news, I'll qualify in, because it's important to upskill, you know? For anyone thinking about going back to university, I know it can be daunting, but it's never been easier before to enroll in Facebook and learn whatever it is that you want on whatever topic under the sun you can think of. The University <laughs> of Facebook. It's crazy what you'll learn. <laughs> That's, it's, it's really funny. I, I, I like these, um, but I mean, I don't think that, I don't think a lot of people think that they become an expert or whatever. I think they just think they know things that they don't. <laughs> uh, anyway, we got, a, we got a couple more here. We got this is uh, anti-LGBTQ Pastor Jack Hibbs on the uh, Charlie Kirk show. And he has a campaign to just, uh, you know, 
without all the students. Uh, shout out to Right Wing Watch. Could not do this show without them. As soon as somebody sent me something that said Chino Valley School Board fights for parents' rights, I said, I know Jack Kibbs is involved. I know that somebody from his church oh, and I think we watched uh, Chino Valley uh, School District on the first episode of uh, that we did of our new show, uh, Public Comment, on Tuesday nights. Behold my gut instinct, Jack, because I've visited your church so much and I've got to know your flock. I have now learned that my suspicion was correct. All of the Chino Valley USD school board members who's voted for parental disclosure go to your church. So, Jack, take as much time as you need. Build out the story because now the California attorney general is suing the school board for saying that parents have a right to know if their 14-year-old is transitioning their gender. Yeah, exactly right, Charlie. In fact, the president of the school board, Sonia Shah, uh, she is from our church. You're exactly right. Four to one victory on what? They voted four to one, Charlie. This is quite technical, so follow me through on this. One of the young men that we had uh, elected to the state assembly, Bill Aselli, he immediately crafted, once he was elected to Sacramento, he immediately crafted Assembly Bill 1314. And that was simply this, a proactive bill that would require that the school district inform or the school where a child is attending informs the mother or the father that their child is in any way, shape or form transitioning or has expressed desire uh, to be uh, in the state of transitioning. In other words, please tell the parents, that's what we're asking for. So the California state legislature read his bill and refused to let it go to the floor, Charlie. They banned it from the floor. They stonewalled it. They didn't let it get to the floor. He, that just means the bill didn't get out of committee. This happens to all kinds of different bills. Thinking he was defeated. What we did is that we read his bill and we took the verbiage from that bill and then introduced it to our unified school district uh, school board and they voted and adopted the verbiage. So what was supposed to go state uh, law turned out to be defeated there at the state, not even heard, but that's okay. Guess what happened? We found out something, Charlie that the most powerful politics is local. And so what happened is the school board voted to adopt his verbiage. And since that time, Charlie, we we're looking at Murrieta school district. We're looking at orange school district, wow. Temecula school district, four school districts have adopted the verbiage and they are standing strong. We've got five others in the state of California coming online to do the same. Charlie, this is a groundswell of involvement. Uh, outing people is wrong. Um, the only the only caveat there is like if there's a powerful person or a politician or whatever who is um, advocating for uh, taking away rights from like gay people or whatever, and you find out they're gay, out that motherfucker because like it'll, it might stop them in their tracks and they might stop what they're doing. But other than that, regular people, school kids, nah, nah, it's always wrong, always fucking wrong. So. Everybody, I don't know if you know this, but it is actually really bad to comment with things like lulz, L-U-L-Z, when a public intellectual uh, makes any kind of post or a video. And uh, this great website, uh, Twitter, is not letting me uh, play this video. Ah, here it goes. It'll let me play it now, I believe. And uh, 
lulls culture online. LOL culture, lulls culture. That's a manifestation of sadism, right? And we know, too, the researchers who have been... It's a manifestation of sadism to laugh at something. ...shown that the real online troll demon types are very high in the dark tetrad traits. <laughs> the troll demons. That sounds like fucking Madison Starmoon. I think she has called me a troll demon before. And people just go in lulls. People just laughing at you. Like, I don't know if you're like... Even if you're like me and I'm not, you know, I'm not extremely popular. If people want to laugh at what I say, that's fucking fine. They can laugh at what I say. I don't give a shit. Like these people are all have very thin skin and they're like, oh, people laughing at me must be, uh, must be troll demons. I don't know. Maybe they just think what you're saying is silly. So we got one more here. We got uh, our friend over at the bad stats, um, has decided to take, uh, one of these, one of this guy's, uh, tweets and uh, turn it into a bit of a song. When they come for you And they will remember your words today And realize the part you played in your own demise Obituary She perished Not tragically But stupidly Oh, let's say we play that again. I think we play that again. That was pretty funny. <laughs> when they come for you and they will remember your words today and realize the part you played in your own demise. <laughs> Obituary. She perished not tragically but stupidly. <laughs> That's my new favorite song. So anyway, we're only an hour twenty into the into the stream, but the uh, podcast portion of the show is over. I do try to do two hours of content for the podcast, but I can't always do it this week. Not not a slow news week, but just not enough stuff that uh, sort of fits our our mold and the kind of things we want to talk about. So what I'm going to do actually, we're going to go ahead and give away the uh, patrons the member show for free this week. Head on over to Patreon.com/EchoPlex. This will be a freebie. You can get the post game. You can get all that stuff. And while you're there, think about becoming a member. Five bucks and up really helps us out. You can also get the same benefits at eplex.store. That's our swag shop powered by Fourth Wall. Uh, that helps even more because the split's better there. And if you uh, are a member at any level there all month, you get 20% off of uh, anything you buy, like my tinfoil hat or the Catterday shirt I'm wearing. You get 20% off of everything all month if you're a member over there. We're doing that for um, the Twitch uh, September. We figured we'd celebrate over on Fourth Wall. So it's been the Plex. We do the show live every Sunday at 7 p.m. Pacific right here on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. And uh, check out all our shows. We are live every night, uh, but Monday night now, because, of course, I am a glutton for punishment and was like, well, we're going to add a show on Tuesday. Uh, check out our newest live stream actually on Tuesday. We do down ballot and then we do public comment. Great show there. And uh, as always, at the end of the show, we play uh, Boomers by Periscope. And I will uh, change the color of the lights in this room and, you know, change the contents of my beverage. And we'll be back with our uh, red light docket.
If you like what we're doing at Echoplex and aren't into Twitch, please join our Patreon at patreon.com slash Echoplex. For $5, you can get every show from beginning to end sent to you as an MP3, even the stuff we bleep out because it's too spicy for Twitch. Echoplex would not be where we are today if it wasn't for the community support we receive. Find out all the ways you can support the show at echoplexmedia.com slash support.